Hey guys, and welcome to the Bare Naked Health Podcast, where I interview the absolute best health and wellness practitioners from across the globe to show you what they do so you can do it too. This is because, like you, I did not always feel that health was easy. I had tried different diets, exercise plans, but often felt misled by an industry that really thrives on you not getting healthy and always spending money on the next new thing. Because of this, I'm getting bare naked on health and pulling back the curtain to show you that being truly healthy is simple. Wherever you are in your health journey, I want to show you that with minimal effort, you can get maximum results and do what you love. Play with your kids, go for a hike, and crush it in your business all while feeling great. To give a kickstart, I encourage you to go over to BarenakedHealthPodcast.com to access my calendar and schedule a 15-minute call so we can discuss what is your biggest struggle when it comes to maintaining your health. Remember that I'm a holistic lifestyle coach and that the show is really sponsored by you guys. Each of you that works with me that I am able to take on as a client helps me to be able to keep putting out these podcasts for free. So I just want to thank you, each of you, for your love and support. Hey guys, I'm your host, Nick Horowski, and welcome to the Bare Naked Health Podcast, episode number 81. In today's episode, I interview the ever-evolving Mike Bledsoe. Be sure to stick around for the end of the show to learn what you can gather from looking at your bank statements, what Mike's biggest vice is, as well as what his favorite books are for cultivating a loving relationship. Alrighty, guys, and welcome to another episode of the Bare Naked Health Podcast. And on the on the line today, I have Mike Bledsoe. Mike, first question I ask everybody who comes on the show is, tell us about your health journey in 10 sentences or less. Whoa. All right. <laughs> Started when I was 15, uh, Muscle and Fitness Magazine. Uh, decided I want to be a Navy SEAL. Started uh, doing a lot more running, swimming, in addition to lifting weights. Went in the Navy. Didn't quite make that program. Uh, washed out. Uh, lots of bodybuilding, running, swimming. Discovered Olympic weightlifting. Got into that. Discovered CrossFit. Uh, got into that. Opened a CrossFit box in Memphis, Tennessee. Started podcasting about strength and conditioning in 2012. Um, stopped competing in weightlifting two years ago. And now I am focused mostly on health and longevity, feeling good, strength training intelligently. So what were some of the biggest uh, turning points, I guess, along, along that road? Like, were there any really just big things that stand out as, uh, as kind of along that roadmap for you? Um, uh, yeah, every time I hit failure, I, I would change direction and, uh, and I would go to towards something better. Um, failure always felt terrible. Uh, at times it was heartbreaking and, um, usually within a few months after ha experiencing a failure and, and changing what I was doing, I, uh, was so happy that I had had that experience and appreciative and had gratitude for it. Um, so, um, yeah, always, uh, keeping an open mind and not necessarily seeing failure as failure, but more, uh, as a lesson is the way I've learned to, uh, approach life. So what have been maybe some of your biggest failures recently that you've really been able to take those lessons from? Um, you know, what? I, I, um, man, I, I would say I've gotten more sensitive over the years. So the key, the key to be, to learning more quickly, is to be more sensitive to the messages, right? So the uh, so it used to take a trip to the hospital and surgery to get the <laughs> message across, and uh, more recently it's more like, oh, I when I eat this, my energy feels better, or when I eat this, my energy doesn't feel so good. And so uh, it took years of getting my ass kicked and surgeries and all sorts of stuff to get to the point where. I'm just watching, you know, how things impact my, my energy levels throughout the day. Um, you know, the, the biggest lesson I, I learned recently was uh, one of the, the things that I've done um, that's been really helpful for me 
lately is when I am visiting somebody else's thing, I try to get into their world. So I leave my shit behind and I dive into whatever it is they're recommending. So uh, I would say it was the end of June and I went to this retreat for three days. And the option was bring your own food or um, we'll provide vegan um We'll provide a vegan meal plan for you for three days. And I thought to myself, you know what? I've eaten animal protein almost every single day of my life, almost at every meal for my whole life. You know, it probably wouldn't hurt if I just, you know, and I, I'm a fan of fasting. You know, I'll fast for one or two days at a time. And I found that to be very beneficial, even though it's not something that I wanted to do in the first place. So I go vegan for three days and, um, and uh, it didn't cause me to go vegan, but it. What I what I learned was um, I was exposed to just superfoods, like plant-based superfoods. A lot of mushrooms, a lot of uh, a lot of high-quality plants, and and then you know it was just a different way of doing things. And so in the mornings I was consuming these, uh, you know, a plant-based, uh, smoothie, you know, it had hemp protein and other things in it and spirulina and, uh, but it had a lot of other stuff in it. And I noticed that when I drank it, I felt much better and I was like, ah, so, uh, so over the summer, I go, you know what, I'm going to ditch my bacon and eggs and in the morning and I'm going to like, I'm going to go do the morning smoothie. And when not, when I was younger, when I was competing, I did morning smoothies but the intent behind the morning smoothie then was different. It was this is so I could pack in as many calories as possible and get a ton of protein in there. Um, and then the purpose of this morning smoothie that I started building this summer was to um, just pack it with as many micronutrients as possible, as many vitamins, minerals, phytonutrients, and all the stuff that we don't know anything about that we like to think that we do. And so um, I. I basically just, you know, there was a certain amount of powders. Most of the powders were, they were basically just crushed up veggies and mushrooms and stuff like that. And, um, and some hemp protein. So for the first time in my life, I stopped eating, uh, animal based protein every single meal. I still eat it twice a day. Um, but I cut it back and I noticed that my energy levels went up. Uh, I was more level throughout the day. I wasn't doing the dips. And um, I noticed that I adapted to my training more quickly, less joint pain, and I'm the leanest I've been in a decade. Um, so, um, lots of good benefits. It sounds like. Yeah. So you know, and you know, had you approached me a couple of years ago and say, "Hey, you're going to ditch, you're going to cut back to you know, less than a hundred grams of animal protein a day, and you're going to eat more plant protein, and you're going to eat more plant-based fat and less animal fat," I would have been like you're crazy. And now I'm like, you know what, this makes a lot of sense, you know, and, and it's all about harmony, you know, like, am I living in harmony with myself, my environment? Like, what is it that I'm actually trying to get better at? You know, am I trying to be the biggest, strongest guy in the world? No. So, you know, why eat that way? So I, I think it's interesting, like, um, how people a lot of times take advice from like these big jack dudes, when they're not that person or they, they really don't even want to be that person. They're just listening to that guy because they think he picks up chicks or something. So, uh, yeah, anyways, that's, that was kind of like the latest lesson that I'm, I'm fairly tuned in at this point. So I don't need uh, a trip to the hospital to learn lessons anymore. But I um, but there was a time when I did, you know, and I, I would say the, the last like big harsh lesson was, you know, three hernias. You know, I, I went in for what I thought was one hernia and then I found out there was three and there was a surgery and, and there was just like a, there was a nice recovery process and there was a lot of time to reflect during that process on, you know, um, am I, am I more concerned with how much weight's on the bar from week to week or am I actually wanting to be a healthy person? Yeah. Going back to the shake, I'm curious. What were either what does maybe that shake look like for you now, or what were some of the superfoods that you were like, hey, these were the ones that just really resonated with you and have, you've continued to use. The the first one that kind of caught me off guard because I actually noticed a difference the same day that I had it um, was this product called Metamorphosis by a company called Elemental Wisdom, 
and uh, that's wisdom with a Z. And <clears throat> uh, I actually have my whole uh, morning smoothie recipe. I uh, we posted it like two days ago on the Barbell Shrugged blog. So you can just go to the blog and uh, over to barbellshrug.com and then Mike's morning smoothie and you can get the whole recipe. Perfect. And um, yeah, uh, the thing that, you know, what I started with was I was like, you know what, I'm going to start doing this. So the first thing I did is I just started taking these, this, um, uh, the, the, it's called metamorphosis. It's got spirulina, chlorella, and then a bunch of mushrooms. Like 10 different like medicinal mu mushrooms, shiitake, reishi, cordyceps, lion's mane, so on and so forth. There's a bunch. And I noticed that my energy was more level throughout the day. I had more energy. Um, and then um, after about two to three weeks of doing it, I noticed that my skin was much healthier. And I was like, oh, wow, this is uh, – and then I, sh and I didn't have it for a week, and I was traveling. And then I noticed a difference in my skin, and then I got back on it, and it got better. And I was like – holy shit, this is like, this is for real. And so I was like, if that's what's happening with my skin, there's probably, you know, a lot of other things going on in my body that are improving as well. You know, usually things that are improving your skin are also improving your joints. And I definitely noticed that my joints felt better. Um, and so um, I would say uh, I started with that and I just started adding more ingredients. I was at Paleo FX and my wife actually, uh, Ashley, she um, met the guys over at Roots Nutrition, and they uh, they gave her some information about the protein. You know, it's uh, egg white protein with hemp and sacha inchi, and and it had some electrolytes in it, and just had a bunch of stuff in it that I I uh, is like a superfood protein thing. And I looked at, it, I was like, no, I want that in there too. And then uh, I I was like, you know what? Uh, I noticed that there's a certain type. There's this uh, butter. I ran out of butter and I, and I was drinking like the bulletproof coffee type of thing. And I ran out of butter and I noticed that my, uh, I was breathing better when I didn't have the butter like, and my digestion was better. And I put the butter back in and my digestion kind of got funny. I was like, interesting. So I cut the butter out. So what I started doing is I started just putting coconut oil in my smoothie instead of my coffee. So I added that. And then I put ginger and turmeric in there. And then the guy, uh, you know, from this other supplement, from the, the same guy that does uh, the metamorphosis product, he's like, if you like this, you should check out this probiotic. Start throwing that in your smoothie. I start, I threw that in my smoothie and I noticed that my uh, bathroom time um, improved. <laughs> uh, so the way things were coming out were was actually a little bit better. Yeah. Um, and then, so, you know, it's been just kind of like uh, – I've been seeing how good I can make my morning, my breakfast, like how, how, how good can I make breakfast? And so when I, and I invest some money in that breakfast, you know, there, it's not cheap, but, um, I put a lot of effort into that. And what I noticed is a, it's easier to eat healthier the rest of the day. Right? If you start off super clean and feeling great, like you'll notice when other foods bring you down out of it. So if you start off shitty, then, you know, that's just a downward spiral. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's part for the course for the rest of the day. That's where you're starting. But if you start off amazing, you'll notice when you go down to like what used to be normal. And so, um, I really, uh, I'm probably eating more micronutrients at breakfast in a single breakfast than I was an entire week, you know, four or five months ago. And I'm doing that every single day. And so I've noticed, I've actually just noticed a big difference. You know, um, I'll be 35 next week. And uh, my body feels better than when I was 25. So. And Mike, I'm guessing you also weren't eating like garbage food to begin with for your breakfast. Like you probably no. getting really good eggs, really good bacon, like or whatever oh, yeah. it was too. So that yeah, they, also speaks volumes for it. Yeah, the, the bacon was high quality. It was, you know, free range and so were the eggs. And, you know, nothing about it was the cheap stuff at Walmart or anything like that. It was all high quality stuff. So, yeah. No, but that just goes to show, like, no matter how good any of us are doing with our nutrition or otherwise, that there still is always that room for improvement and just continually trying to make that progress. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and I've heard other, this is so funny is I, I, you know, being in the fitness industry for 20 years now, cause I started when I was about 15, uh, being in this for, for that long, um, 
I've always heard the older guys say, you know, nutrition is really important. You know, the older I get, the more important I see nutrition. And, I, and I'm I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's probably like 50-50. Now I'm like 90-10. I'm like, is, is what I really believe about it is, you know what? Let's move with really great quality. Like if we put the highest quality foods in, it's all about quality. If we move, if, if we eat the highest quality foods and we practice the highest quality movement that we can, you're gonna be fine. You know, the intensity and how much you're lifting and how fast you're moving, all that stuff. I don't think it's nearly as important as what's the quality of food you put in the body and what's the quality of your movement. And when I say movement, I mean uh, all movement starts with breath. And so if the quality of your breath and your breathing mechanics are off, you're, you're already screwed. So, uh, you know, the, the focus of, you know, it's one thing to get, it, it, it's funny because people think they're like, oh yeah, I get full range of motion in my squat. So yeah, but are you able to breathe um, properly throughout the movement of the squat? And if you can, if your focus is on really deep rhythmic breath as you're moving through things, all of a sudden the joints line up the way they're supposed to, you know, because uh, all movement originates from that core. And if you are breathing shallow as you're moving through certain ranges of motion, certain muscles stop firing and other muscles have to pick up where those muscles left off. And next thing you know, your back hurts or your knee hurts. And, you know, I thought I was doing good. I, I was squatting below parallel. I was keeping my back straight. It's like, yeah, but were you, were you breathing shallow the entire time? Oh, well, I didn't even think about it. Didn't even have an awareness around it. It's like, okay, cool. All right. Now we have awareness around it. Now when I'm training, breathing through my nose, focusing on the breath, I'm not focused on beating my last time or lifting more weight than I did last week. Definitely not paying attention to what someone else is doing, you know, and, uh, you know, all, all of a sudden things start feeling really good. Energy's high. And, uh, I feel like I'm still just at the beginning. Well, you said you've shifted that focus now more onto just health and longevity. So where's this going for you? Where do you see this path? Like, who are you following? What are you doing to make these changes? I mean, besides like doing the smoothie, the breath work, what other things are uh, in store for you? Um, well, uh, I like to experiment a lot. Um, and I have a lot of friends who also like to experiment a lot. And what we do is we get together and we trade secrets. And so <laughs> they're not really secrets because we are open about them. Uh, it's so funny. Like sometimes uh, I'm surprised at how little people know about what I'm doing. And I'll, I'm like, just follow me on social media. I'm not hiding any of it. Like if you're on Instagram and you follow the stories – I'm putting it all there, like, but you know, people like to have like a big blinking red light, I guess. But um, yeah, I mean, uh, Monday I, I went and hung out with Brian McKenzie up in um, Orange County. He lives like a, an hour north of me. We hung out all afternoon, and you know, I was like, "This is what's working for me right now. These are the supplements I'm taking that are making a difference." He's like, "Oh, cool. You know, this is what I'm doing for breath and movement. He's cool." And and then he's like, "This is what we're doing for this." I'm like, "Oh, cool. You know, it's like I adopted some of his stuff. He adopted some of my stuff, and like, and then knowing that, like, he tells me this thing. I'm like, "Oh, I'm gonna run it through my guy. See what he says." And then he's like texting his guy. And he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna run it through my guy. See what he says about what you're doing." And it's like, oh, yeah, confirmation. Yeah, that guy said it was good. You know, and it's like uh, it, it's it's all about who you surround yourself. You know, if you surround yourself with a bunch of people who are just listening to one coach and one person all the time, then, you know, there's no room for experimentation. But if you're hanging out with people who are always looking for the next thing, then it is. Um, I, I'm lucky enough. I mean, I, I've, I've designed my life in a way that I'm, I surround myself with other experimenters. So, and you know, the, the goal, the whole point, you know, that's my job, my job and the job of a lot of the guys I hang out with is to experiment and then tell everybody else what we found. It's like, I found this to be good. Um, and, uh, and one of the reasons we do that is because the research is not good enough. You know, the research is lagging what's happening in the real world. Research tends to confirm what an intuitive person knew five or 10 years ago. And so uh, that happens with strength training, that happens with nutrition, that happens with a lot of things. It's like, oh, you know, there's a dozen people, we all ate this thing and we go, wow, we feel, look and perform better when we do this, awesome. 
five years later, someone funds a study and says that, yes, it's true. Until that point, those dozen people are crazy. So, you know, and so I, I really enjoy being the crazy person for five years at a time. You know, <laughs> I'm always the crazy guy, except for the stuff I was doing five years ago. That's not crazy anymore. That's normal. But what I'm doing now is crazy. But in five years, it'll be normal. So, you know, it, 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 you have to be okay with uh, people calling you that, I think. Is there anything that you see then uh, maybe on the horizon that really is the crazy stuff right now that you think is going to be confirmed uh, later on? Mm. It could be your health or otherwise even. Just anything that you're interested in, like you just see things going certain ways. Uh, I think, well, I, this is what I think we're going to see more of is, uh, I think it's going to be due to entrepreneur, like the way the economy is moving. So less people are doing the, I clock in at eight or 9am and clock out at 5pm. A lot more people working from home, a lot more people, um, not their lifestyle is not going to be dictated by, uh, the, what the union and your company decided uh where the hours you're gonna work that day um and you know asking permission if i can go take a shit or not um so uh i think a lot of people are going to get a lot more autonomy in their life and so there's going to be this and i think it's already happening there's a shift uh where people are getting more autonomy and they don't know how to manage themselves so we're taught from a young age all right, five years old, sit in that chair, don't move, stand in that line, don't say anything. If you want to say something, raise your hand, you know, and, uh, and, and then th that goes all the way to 18. And then you go to college or you go in the military or you go get a job, same thing, low level, low level job, school, raise your hand, don't, say, don't speak out of turn, so on and so forth. You get to your job, better not talk back, yada, yada, yada. So we're trained to not ask questions, um, we're trained to be on work at on time. We're trained to realize, uh, to be in a chair eight hours a day and then go train with maximum intensity for one hour and think that's a healthy thing. Um, so this is all normal to us. Now what you do, you take the shackles of the system off of an individual due to the economy uh, and its current state where you can get a job um, virtually or you can start your own business, so on and so forth. Uh, there's a lot more of this happening. Uh, more people are contracting versus being employees and creating their own schedules. And we don't know what to do. We don't know how to manage our own time. We don't. And what we find is it's not even about time management. It's about energy management. And so um, I think when I make, sometimes when I make Facebook live videos or I say things on certain shows, I get comments from people saying, you're not being realistic. How can I do that? This isn't your, you know, you're, I've had people even say like, you're this spoiled brat from California. Um, and they don't know that I'm from Memphis, Tennessee. And I used to live in my gym and we built this thing from scratch. And, <laughs> um, and <clears throat> I, I think that what people think is crazy is the lifestyle as I go, look, I go to bed, I get eight to nine hours of sleep. I, um, I wake up, I have a 90 minute morning routine where I'm doing mobility, I'm rolling, I'm breathing, I'm meditating, I'm uh, focusing on my own health. Um, uh, I then, um, you know, then I start work on my own terms. You know, I do start work around 9 a.m. I have a two hour break in the middle of the day to go train, you know, and then when I get, you know, and... You know, some days I might work 12 hours, some days I might work four, some days I might not work any, and it might be on a Tuesday that I don't work any. And I think that people, people, uh, that's so far outside of the reality, they have a hard time grasping it. And so when I want to, I see part of my job is to encourage people to step into the void that uh, they're so afraid of doing that. Because in all reality, if you're sitting at a desk for eight hours, there's really not much I can do to help you like with your health. Like, like we can take you to a point, but that's not, that's not the point I'm living at. Like I'm, I've, I'm so past that. I have a heart. There's a gap 
between me and that person who is sitting at the desk for eight hours a day. And so um, uh, what I'm doing that's crazy is just how I live my life. Um, you know, if I wanted to name a, a specific supplement that people want to keep an eye out for that I'm a big proponent of, that there's still some like, uh, I'm not so sure about that is CBD, cannabidiol. Um, it's derived from uh, hemp or, you know, straight up cannabis plants. And it has this, uh, people are still wary of it um, because it does come from the cannabis plant. And people still think that uh, if you smoke weed, your brain is going to fry in a pan. Um, and none of that's true. So um, I think uh, I think we're seeing like the, the acceptance of marijuana, cannabis. Uh, I think that's going to be coming sooner than later. Um, and CBD is a non is the non psychoactive, one of the non psychoactive parts of the plant. There's a lot of parts of the cannabis plant that are not psychoactive. THC is the only component that is, and there's a lot of benefits in there. And, um, uh, I've been as of late, a proponent of CBD itself. Um, and, uh, one of the reasons that it's not more popular is simply because the EPA has a ban on the ability to make claims around the benefits of CBD, even though there's legit scientific research, right? So, um, and it's all due to politics. So um, that's one of those things I think, I think there's probably, you know, anytime I post anything about CBD, people are like, what, what's going on? Like, is it psychoactive? And they're, they're like, can I, will I get high? Am I gonna pop on a test? There's like all these, all these concerns that, again, I forget that people are living in a world where they think that there's they still believe this is an evil plant because <laughs> these fucking old guys at some point thought it was a good idea to make it illegal and so um it, it's uh i'm probably a little counterculture on that one um let's see no and i don't um, think you are because i've i haven't used any yet but people that i talk to everything they're like my sleep is just through the roof using some of that stuff too. It's about cannabis or CBD or both. The CBD specifically, like cannabis, yeah. a whole nother ball game. Yeah, you're that's going to take even longer. But something like the CBD, I, yeah, I, I, I can be fantastic to use. I, I supplement with THC before bed. Like that's the psychoactive component. Right. So, like I think people probably are like what? I don't compete <laughs> anymore. You know, when I competed, I couldn't do that because it's banned. Um, by WADA and USADA. Um, but now that I'm not competing, I can actually do things that are good for me. So um, I can do things like um, like consume CBD and THC. THC really helps with the sleep, actually. So um, I actually really don't, I don't really, I don't get high and hang out that much. Um, I have in the past before, but it's, it's more of a, I, I view now more as like a sleep uh, aid. Um, that's you know, plant derived. It's a lot, feels a lot better to do that than, uh, to pop a pill. Oh, I'm sure. Like taking something, even just like the melatonin, like it's still, I still feel like that can be much more detrimental, even from how simplistic that is versus just taking the THC by itself. Yeah. The chemistry, when you start messing with hormones right. and melatonin's a hormone, you know, when you start messing with, I mean, everything you put in your body does impact your the hormones and all that, but when you start taking hormones directly, yeah, I get a little, you know, pros and cons. But you you should be measuring and paying attention to what's going on because, uh, yeah, more can go wrong. I'll say that. So how about, especially because you're so involved with weightlifting, what do you what are your thoughts maybe just on testosterone? Um, I don't know. What do you? Okay, that's a, testosterone that's a really supple, supplementation. Uh, Supplement, uh, yeah. with testosterone. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I, I think it's really good if you tank. So, um, you know, there, I hit a period where I tanked, where I couldn't train more than twice a week, and every time I moved, my joints hurt. I went to the doc, and and he was like, "Dude, you're shot. You've you've really done it." You know, I was running two businesses. I was traveling 20 days of the month, and I was trying to compete at the at the national level in weightlifting is like, what did you think was going to happen? <laughs> like, so the wheels started coming off. And so, um, so I, I went on HRT for a few months to help basically give my body a break. 
you know, just to feel better and then wean myself off. Um, I'm a fan of doing it that way. Uh, I think a lot of times people use it as a crutch. Uh, so there's so much, this, it's such a deep subject. I think, uh, from a health perspective, I don't think it's good to stay on it long term unless you have like a real issue. And most people that are on it don't have like real issues there. It's a band aid. And what they need to be doing is going, how am I sleeping? How am I eating? How am I training? What's going on in my life that might be causing stress? You know, if you're taking care of all that stuff and there's still something wrong, then I'm, I'm totally cool with like, you know what, if you want to stick a needle in your ass, you know, every day, other day for the rest of your life, go for it. But that's not the game I want to play. Um, I'm going to try to eat, uh, you know, eat really healthy, live a better lifestyle, do things that are going to help boost my testosterone. I'm not going to train so much that I'm going to run myself into the ground. You know, it's like, I find that if I, uh, strength train, you know, three days a week, my testosterone stays really nice. I start training more than that. I just get eaten up. You know, it's just, I, I have to be smart. You know, uh, I'm not training for the CrossFit games. I, I don't need to train five hours a day. Um, especially at intensity. So, um, if you're competing in a sport where it's finally, it's fine, you know, and they're not testing and you want to, and you're willing to sacrifice your health in order to win, then I say, go for it. You know, that's, it makes it a lot more fun for me as a spectator. Um, but you know, I don't advise it. It's not, again, it's like, what are your goals and you know, what's your intention behind what you're doing? You know, if you're doing it to try to, if you think that by injecting testosterone in yourself is going to help you have, you know, look better in the gym and you're going to have a six pack, which it'll do all those things. It's going to help you pick up chicks and you're doing it for the wrong reasons because you're not pick the reason you're not picking up chicks has nothing to do with how you look more than likely has more to do with, uh, you know, how, how you're, uh, treating yourself and how you treat others. And, and so, uh, I, I think a lot of times people, when it comes to things like testosterone, I've been around it a lot. <laughs> and the majority of people that are, that are injecting, uh, testosterone in their body are not doing it for the right reason. In my opinion, uh, there's a lot of, uh, we call it shadow motivations. So, you know, uh, when you walk into the gym, you know, there's, there's the motivation that everyone recognizes like, Oh yeah, I want to be healthier. I want to be stronger. I want to be better at this or that. I want to be more capable. Those are like your, those are the motivations that we have out here in the light. And then there's the shadow motivations. And those are the ones that we don't acknowledge. And, um, it's a lot of times, you know, your friends might know it's true, but you don't know it's true. Or this might also be considered, we, uh, we call this like, you know, your blind spots. And, you know, it's, uh, well, the real reason I want to squat 400 pounds is because if I can squat 400 pounds, that girl over there, she'll notice me, you know? And so, um, the shadow motivation is usually stronger and uh, we're not willing to look at it or even accept it. So it's usually until, not until after we're past that point in our life that we can look back and realize that that was the actual motivator or the deeper motivation. So, you know, um, uh, again, if you're taking testosterone, what's the intent? It, are you trying to be healthier or are you trying to be stronger? And if you're trying to be stronger, are you are you actually going to break a world record or win a competition? And does that really matter? Or are you or is there something else going on? And should you be directing your attention towards maybe uh, learning how to communicate versus squat more? <laughs> because uh, I tell you what, if you learn how to communicate, chicks dig that way more than a four or five hundred <laughs> pounds. I thought chicks dig the long ball. Come on. <laughs> That's what our coaches tell us. They get us to train harder. Uh, yeah. Mike. I know how to play with people's minds too, you know? Well, and I, I want to almost go off into that a little bit because I've uh, been listening to a lot of your podcasts, a lot of your shows, uh, just other ones that you've done, other places you've been interviewed. And you can see you're somebody who has that personal growth as well. I mean, we're talking like – overall health, a lot of like the, the strength and nutrition here, but where have you really started to excel in that personal growth, whether it be like 
just that inside that 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 real you as a, as a person where have you really been making those changes Whew. Um, I've been making, I've been focused on that for, I, I mean, I can tell you when it started like three and a half years ago, I really, you know, opened my eyes to, you know, uh, got my ego kicked, uh, my ego's ass got kicked a little bit here and there, which helped out. Um, you know, it's just, um, I, I would say the first thing that I really, that was brought to my attention is that other people had this thing called empathy and, uh, a few years ago, I really didn't have much of it myself. And I, it was brought to my attention that it was something that you could actually work on. And I thought it was, I thought it was something that you were born with or you weren't born with. And that's not true. Uh, it's something there, there was just a point, you know, a few years ago where I realized that I can actually get better at, I can improve my emotional intelligence, you know, I can I can uh, connect with people better. Um, I can love myself more. I can I don't know. You know, it's just um, there's definitely a point where there, there's definitely a turning point. And then once the ball, you know, the snowball started rolling down the hill, it it it, uh, it, it really gr- gained a lot of momentum. And I it, it's like a the speed at which I learn now is it's only getting faster. So it was really slow in the beginning. And then, uh, so it's kind of like, uh, once you are, once you have an awareness around a thing, you can make it, you can grow it faster. And so I just, you know, gained some awareness around how to actually grow my empathy. So I started doing that. I started reading books about it. Um, you know, I started seeing that there is more to life than being strong and running a business, you know, because, you know, there, there was a point where I was like, oh, yeah, it's just like, okay, how much money can we make and um, and uh, and how strong can I get? And the whole getting better at a relationship, just I didn't even know, you know, and I don't think most people even know exactly how to go about doing that. But then I started finding books that were about these things. I started finding that there were workshops about these things. Um, you know, I've spent... I don't know, probably in the tens of thousands or maybe over a hundred thousand dollars in personal development between workshops and seminars and retreats. And, and, uh, I have a coach. Oh yeah. I mean, if I count that, it's definitely over a hundred thousand dollars, you know, maybe in the two or $300,000 range over the last three years on that kind of stuff. It was interesting. That sounds like a lot of money to people, I think. Um, but, uh, that's where like the majority of my money goes (laughs) is in personal growth um, and education. So, um, that's the only, like, I don't have, uh, like an IRA or 401k. I, uh, I actually take the majority of like any income I have and, uh, put it towards, uh, being, becoming more educated and learning. Um, so I think that that's been really beneficial. And what I, what I'm not investing in is like, uh, how to, um, you know, how to, I'm not investing in like how people traditionally think about education. I'm not, you know, I'm actually not going to like fitness seminars. I'm not really going to, uh, seminars on how to make more money. Like directly. I'm not going to, I'm not going to learn about history or math (laughs) or whatever colleges are offering. Um, you know, I'm investing in people who have really made some discoveries, people who are at the cutting edge of what they do and I'm spending time with those people and you know I spend the money to spend time with those people and uh it's really allowed me to grow personally uh in a lot of really cool ways so a lot of it is just about wherever you direct your attention you will grow and most people don't direct their attention at anything you know they're just kind of like they wake up they're in a rush you know, I got to get to work. I don't have time. The baby's crying, so on and so forth. By the time they're even aware of their attention, so A, you have to have awareness of where your attention's at. So if you're not tracking where your attention's going all the time, well, there's step one. Let's let's start considering, can you stop and ask yourself every five minutes, where's my attention right now? Or are you, are you do you even know where your attention, are you, do you know when your attention has, uh, gotten distracted. So 
I I wouldn't. I'd say for the most part, I don't go more. If my if I start getting distracted for longer than thirty seconds, there's a little voice that goes, Oop, "What's going on, buddy?" I go, "Oh yeah, man, I got distracted," and I get refocused. And then if I'm having a hard time focusing on what it is I'm trying to do, if it's continually hard, then I know that I need to take a break, and I'll just put my attention on something that feels better. It feels like something I can focus on something that's more enjoyable and then I'll bring my focus back towards something that's, you know, maybe my taxes. But, um, you know, if you direct your attention towards something, it will get better. I promise. Um, and so, uh, this all comes down to values and people love to talk about what they value and their behaviors hardly ever match what their words say. Um, Oh, I value fitness. Oh, I value healthy food. I value my wife. I value, um, I value my uh, health and training. Um, what else do I value? I value my education. These are the things that I hear people say. And my challenge is, is whip out the bank statement and prove it. And th- that is going to be the most object. This is the most objective measure of value that I can find. To date, um, your bookshelf and your refrigerator are pretty good too. Um, you know, um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I had this happen recently. Is uh, I, uh, uh, my wife and I signed up for a uh, a relationship workshop and a two day workshop, and um, and. I had to fill out a survey before attending and it was like, what books have you read in the last six months on relationships? And I was like, oh yeah, I'll have to go look. I went to my bookshelf and I looked and I was like, oh, I haven't read a single one. And I go, holy shit, all right, my attention, and, but I've read a dozen books on business. And I go, oh, you know what? Because that's my natural tendency. My default, my default is to work, by the way. Like if, if there is, I never get bored. Like when people say that they get bored, I'm like, what's hap- What? How is this even possible? Like, I, I can't remember the last time I was bored um, because my default is work. That's not healthy, by the way. I'm not, I'm not recommending that people create work as their default. Um, there might be some other things you could do. Um, but have awareness around what your default is. Uh, so, um, so that brought my attention. I was like, oh, shit, I have not been focusing on relationships. No wonder I feel stagnant in my relationship with my wife. I'm not putting my attention there. And so, I mean, I was by signing up for that workshop, but I, it was, it took that survey to highlight that in the last six months, I have not done anything to move it forward. But the bank statement, uh, that's a great way, you know, when, when someone, you know, I mean, I remember, I remember when I was running a gym, you know, and someone goes, oh, I can't afford the gym membership. You know, it's 150, 200 bucks a month, or I can't afford to eat this way, or I can't afford to buy these supplements. And I go, how much do you spend at the bar every weekend? You know, we're having this conversation. This one guy that happened to be in a fraternity, and I, and I knew that he drank a lot on the weekends because I saw him at the bar. And um, and he was like, uh, I was like, so I just out that bank statement. It's like 800 bucks a month. I mean, you go to the bar like three nights a week. I mean, eighty dollar bar tab, sixty, seventy, eighty dollar bar tab every night. That's easy. That's cake. I mean, I've burned through more than that before. And um, all right, now let's look at how much you're spending on food. How much are you spending on fast food? How much are you spending on high quality food at a restaurant? How much are you spending on your groceries? Um, when we look in your fridge and we look at those groceries, how much of that food is high quality? How much of it is not high quality? Um, do you have a gym membership? Did you, did you, are you just doing, you know, did you find the cheapest gym in town or did you hire the best coach? Um, don't tell me that like, you know, eating healthy is your, is one of your, is a high value for you. And we look at your bank statement and you're, you know, shopping at the cheapest grocery store in town and, uh, and, and, and you, you're spending money at the bar still It's like, no, you're, you're the majority of your cash is going into alcoholic calories and not into, uh, really, uh, nutrient dense foods, you know? And so for me, um, at, at this point in my life, um, 
I feel like part of my job is just to raise people's awareness around what it is that's really going on in their own lives. Because whenever I give advice, the majority of what I get back is com- is uh, complaints and uh, people telling me all the reasons why they can't do something or it's all excuses. And if I would ask for a bank statement, a lot of times people go, they would never show it to me because they're embarrassed by it. And, um, you know, they wouldn't be proud of where they spend their money. Um, and so anyways, um, man, I don't even know how I got on this track. I'm just on one of my rants. This is, this is what happens though. I'm passionate about this. That's, that's, that's great stuff there, Mike. I, and one of the things that I actually wanted to go back to then, uh, books on relationship, what are some of the ones that you read? What are some like the biggest, uh, nuggets, if you will, that you got out of it? (laughs) Oh man, that's a tough one. Um, I um, I'm actually pretty good at advising people on relationships when it's one on one. Like I can, I'm I'm very intuitive with it at this point. Um, I would say one of my favorite books for men. I think it'd be good for women to read it too. Is uh, a book by David uh, Data, and that's his last name spelled D E I D A. Um, and so the way of the superior man is the name of the book. Um, so that one's really good. He also, uh, if you want to be better at sex, he wrote another book called Enlightened Sex, uh, which is uh, really, I read both of those this year. Um, also, know, when, five, you, when you say read, are you somebody that likes to read a physical book or do you like to listen to books? Uh, I'm probably 50-50. So I do I'm both. curious to see, yeah. Yeah, I, I learned an interesting fact um, last year, which is, you know, uh, Buckminster Fuller is? I mean, he's like one of the most brilliant people of all time, right? And so one of the reasons he was such a genius is because he had, he, uh, had mastered all, all the different learning styles. So some people learn better through audio, some are better visual learners, some people are better, better readers. So everyone has a preferred learning style. Um, and we have the ability to get better at learning. So uh, like if I put my attention into becoming a better reader – then I'll become better at learning through reading. If I put more of my attention to audio, I'll get better at that. If I get better at learning through discussion and I put my attention there, I'll get better at that. And so, um, you know, a few years ago, I was definitely a better audio audio learner, but I put in the repetition to become a better reader and learning that way. And so um, once I learned that about Bucky Fuller, I was like, you know what? I I want to be fucking smart too. So I'm going to start focusing on not only my focusing on learning more, but I'm going to focus on learning to learn better and learning to learn all the different ways that I possibly can. So, um, see, um, five love languages is another good relationship book. Let me ask my wife, Ashley, good relationship books. Good relationship books. Uh, uh, she, she's got a bunch. She's way more interested in relationships than I am. <laughs> uh, look out, look out. The gifts of imperfection. Yeah, that's good. I mean, out of all those, the only one that I... Oh, have, the, the, the princess book. That you oh, yeah, there's, uh, there's one specifically for women. So if you're, so yeah. the way the superior man is good for guys, and the one that is probably the best for women is uh, the princess who believed in fairy tales. See, there we go. It's a little bit for everybody now. Yeah, I, I try to have a well-rounded list. Well, and I think it's good, though. Uh, I, I mean, I'm still very much a yin-yang type person, I, even if I'm not female, I still want to understand the other side because if I'm looking at something and this could be anything, this could be relationships, but we can oh, for sure. to business to training, whatever it is. If you don't have that understanding of the other side, you're screwed flat out. Yeah. I, I can't remember the book. I, I bought a book that was written for women and it was just the, it's just a collection of, uh, women's fantasies, like sexual fantasies. And, um, and it was written for women so that they could understand that it's okay to have these fantasies because we're brought up in a society where, you know, uh, there's a little bit of suppression around sexuality as a whole. And, uh, one of the things the woman found is, uh, people that came from, from a environment where sexuality is, was more suppressed. 
the more wild the fantasies were. So when women were set, were given the opportunity to write a letter anonymously and tell their story of fantasy, um, there was always context with the letter. It was like, this is how I grew up. This is the type of home I grew up in. This is how it, sex was viewed. This is how my husband treated me, you know, so on and so forth. And it seemed like the more suppression that was in play, um, the crazier and more wild the fantasies became. And speaking of yin and yang so it's all about polarity and so uh, the more we push in one direction the harder the pendulum is going to swing in the other so i actually picked up this uh book on women's fantasies because i wanted to know what it is that women want you know i uh, i'm very interested in human behavior uh what motivates people um, and, and, and in all aspects and, and I, I felt that I could, uh, better understand my wife if I were just to understand women in general better. And, um, I felt that maybe I, it'd give me some ideas, you know, like, because what guys fantasize about and what women fantasize about are different things. And so, um, you know, porn is one of those things that's kind of muddied the waters. Um, you know, I'm lucky enough where, you know, if I had been 10 years younger, um, my first introduction to porn would probably be video porn. Um, and then, so now we have virtual, re virtual reality porn, which I saw for the first time a few weeks ago. I think I'm tra still tra getting over that. I'm traumatized by it, but, um, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> but the truth of the matter is, is I find that the, if I watch porn, my, my sex life is less exciting and, if I don't watch it, and my sex life tends to be exciting, so there, the idea of sex can get polluted in our minds, and this and that. Anyways, yeah, I thought it'd be good to like, you know, read up on what these women's fantasies were, so that I could get a different perspective, so that I could then, you know, have a better experience myself and create a better experience for my partner. So. So we've talked a lot about, I mean, we went from <laughs> sex to relationships. I, we were talking about just diff, different uh, cannabis. I mean, all these things. What is, what is your biggest vice across the board? What's your biggest vice? It's probably work. You know, I... Uh... I would say, you know, um, that's uh, that's probably my most unhealthy relationship. So, so what are you doing to uh, better that relationship between yourself and your work? Um, continually getting better at delegating. Uh, it, the trick is uh, um, the challenge for me is the better I get at delegating the more I take on new stuff. And so uh, what I'm trying to do with, so what I'm trying to do now is, is delegate more without taking on more and then learning how to play more. And so, and I, and I am trying to make my work play, you know, and, and sometimes it gets a little gray because my job is really awesome. I'm doing it right now. I'm having a conversation about the things I love to talk about. So it's kind of hard to complain, but, um, you know, uh, even if I'm not work doing the work, I'm like reading a book on how to do it better or, or this and that. And, and so I'm just learning how to play and relax more. Um, I read, um, I, I still haven't finished it. It's, I started it in January. I started reading a novel because there's no point in reading a novel. Right. And so, <laughs> so I was just trying to read for enjoyment's sake. And that's been a challenge. Um, I, I, my, my goal is to finish it by the end of the year. So it, it looks like it's going to take me 12 months to finish this sci-fi book. What's, what's the book? Um, the, uh, the Player of Games. It's actually really good. Um, Mark Zuckerberg is the one that brought my attention to it. He posted something. He was like, eh, if you're an entrepreneur in the tech space, you might want to check this out. I was like, done. <laughs> um, so... Uh, so that was like one thing I'm doing. I'm trying to learn how to, I'm, I'm trying to learn how to play more. So I've gotten better at it over the years. I'm good. I'm better at taking time off and going to parties and, um, you know, and being just social for social sake. And, uh, yeah, I, I have a hard time. Like, uh, 
I, uh, last month it was my buddy's birthday and they just spent like four hours at the beach and I went to the beach for like an hour and I was just like, is this, is this what we're going to do? <laughs> and they, they were like, yeah, this is it. I was like, Oh, well, you know, what? I'm going to go home and I'm going to do some stuff. And then, um, when you guys get the DJ going and, uh, and the party started, let me know, I'll come back so I can dance. And it's like, it's like, it's like, I gotta, um, and then at the time I was like, why can't I just sit still and enjoy the beach? I, because that default is there's nothing happening. Something clicks in my mind that says, go do something productive. So it's, it's been good. It's helped me get to where I am now. And at this point in my life, it's probably doing more harm than good. So you gotta, you gotta be aware of those things. It's like, yeah, there's a lot of things that were good for a certain period of time, but now it's probably holding you back. So it, life gets tricky that way. Uh, Mike, this has been some awesome stuff. So one of the last questions that I ask everybody who comes on the show here is, well, normally I would ask, who would you want to hear on this podcast? But since you have, I mean, podcaster yourself, who is somebody that you have not been able to either get a hold of, reach out to, or just somebody that in the future you're looking to get on? And what would you either want to ask them or hear them talk about? Mm. Actually, I want to I want to uh, get Laird Hamilton on the show, and um, yes. you know uh, that guy. You know he's lived an interesting life. He he didn't grow up with. He grew up with different challenges than most people, and um, he when he sees something that he wants to do, man, he just he just does it. He doesn't he doesn't create excuses. He doesn't complain. It's I don't think it just seems like he he's just gonna do it until he does it, <laughs> and he's highly innovative and. Um, and he also seems like he's just kind of got some stuff figured out and he's pretty chill about it. And, you know, um, I've talked to a few people who are close to him and he, and, you know, and anytime I talk to those people, it's confirmed, you know, this is the, you know, this would be an interesting person to learn from. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm much more interested in learning from people who seem to have a balanced life at this point or a harmonious life. Um, I'm less interested in talking to a billionaire if they don't have the rest of their life in order. Like, I don't care if you make, you know, $5 billion a year if you're working 16-hour days. That doesn't make any sense to me. You know, I want to learn from the person who lives comfortably, who has a really healthy relationship with their partner and, have, you know, in their family, um, somebody who has a decent amount of leisure time. Uh, is in good health and is doing the things they enjoy doing. You know, that's the type of person I want to learn from. So, you know, if I'm if I'm seeking to do, that's what the show is for. The show is for me to learn, and everyone else gets to come along for the ride. But it's a selfish endeavor, and um, you know, I get to learn. And you know, even teaching is is uh, selfish for me because uh, the more I teach, the more I understand about the subject I'm teaching. So it really helps me process everything that i have running around in my head yeah <laughs> that's that's a fantastic answer i hey there's a reason i have you on because i wanted to learn from you too so i, I can appreciate that uh reasoning there then uh in closing where can the listeners find out more about you what you have going on just everything uh that's going on in your life right now Wow. Um, you know what? Um, so I have a company called Barbell Shrug. That's definitely something to check out. Um, if you want to hear me personally uh, talk about business in the fitness space, Barbell Business is a great place to go. That's you know just barbellbusiness.com. Um, and then I am actually – I made the decision this year to try to be a better role model. So I'm more active on my own personal social media. Um, I think probably the richest content I'm putting out right now – I mean, if you're following me on Instagram, that's good. But my Facebook fan page, which is, I think if you search Mike Bledsoe um, or facebook.com slash Bledsopia, um, <laughs> that's my Facebook fan page. I'm doing um, a lot more Facebook lives where I'm discussing things. And, you know, that's where I'm posting kind of like, you know, if you want to know more about fitness and you want to be a stronger athlete and stuff like that, Barbell Shrugged is good. If you are running a gym, that, you know, or some type of fitness business, barbell business is good. But if you were interested in some of the other things we got into, 
you know, where we're talking about CBD or relationships or some things that are kind of off the beaten path, then following that fan page is probably a good spot to be. There you go, guys. Uh, Barbell Shrug, Barbell Business, checking out Mike on Facebook, seeing seeing what he's throwing down there on the Facebook Lives, maybe get in on some of the Q&As, if you will. But, uh, Mike, thank you again so much for your time. This has been absolute blast, and I hope you uh, spark some thought for, for a few people out there. Yeah, thanks for having me, Nick. Thanks again for listening, and don't forget to head over to BarenakedHealthPodcast.com to check out the show notes for today's episode. While you're there, go to my calendar and schedule a 15-minute call so we can discuss what is your biggest struggle when it comes to maintaining your health. Remember that I'm a holistic lifestyle coach, and the show is sponsored by you guys. Each of you that I work with helps me to be able to put out podcasts like this for free, so thanks again for your love and support. Finally, if the show has helped you out in any way, please head over to iTunes to give the Bare Naked Health Podcast a positive comment and five-star rating. This really goes a long way in getting the word out with how simple health can be and helping to share the podcast with others, so thank you. Mm-hmm.